Hello and thank you for joining us on HearthCast, episode number 240 for patch 6.0. Our topic for this episode is a mop retrospective. And now, from the excellence in podcast studios, it's time for another episode of HearthCast. This is Root, and I play a goblin warlock. And this is Freckleface, and I play a goblin hunter. We are a podcast covering the World of Warcraft universe. Coming up in episode number 240 of HearthCast, we're going to be discussing what Blizzard did right and wrong in the whole of Mr. Pandaria expansion. We're going to bring in Demonic Brick for his insights on the topic. And we're going to cap it all off with a round of HearthCast AoE. So, hey, Root. Hey there, Freckle Face. How is your week in the Blizzard universe? Pretty slow. Yeah? Yeah. You know, anytime there's a major patch or expansion or anything like that, I, I tend to stay away. Right. I give it a week. So got to wait for those add-ons to get updated. Yeah, it's the add-ons, and it's just, you know, sometimes just it's the crowdedness of right. people trying to turn in quests and just, you know, it's just chaotic. It is. So I actually stayed away until uh, last Friday night. And then I jumped on there and I spent about a whopping maybe 30 minutes, maybe a little more, maybe four, maybe a total of 45 minutes. It was under an hour. And I did all the new, you know, little quests to get over there in the Blasted Lands. And right. Did the new dungeon. Uh-huh. And I would say this. I liked uh, the preview of seeing how things are going to work. And I've been in the alpha and I was in the beta. And it's it's nice to see that now in our world, you know, so to speak. So it's nice to see that. There is a little part of me that has to remind the other part of me that this is just a preview. It's a taste of what's to come. It really is. And I should not expect things to be like there's not a full dungeon to go do and there's not a full quest right. line to go do. It's just this event. And I have to remind myself. It's just an myself. event. And even when the expansion launches... There will be patches after that to add more stuff. Yeah. So yeah. So I got to. I mean, I mean, I like it. I'm happy. I'm excited. But now I want more to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, cleaned out my bank, did all that kind of stuff. You know, did all the toy box. You know, and yeah, it's like okay. How about you? How was your week in the Blizzard universe? Um, it's really good. So we had actually recorded last episode before the patch dropped. Right. So. We record on a Sunday. I get in on a Monday night, right? And I got to finish as lore master before well, the patch drops. Yeah, because after that, everything changes. I Yeah, I mean, I was under the assumption that they would add more criteria to it. So it's like, I have to get this done. Go, go, go. So I get in my mage. I was like, oh, I have two zones left. There are two that were marked as unfinished. Although it was really odd. There was one, there was Dustwell and Marsh that was marked as unfinished. Stonetown Mountains that was marked as unfinished. When I hovered over it, it said completed... Uh, March 2011. You just forgot about it. No, 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 no. It was it was gray, like not checked. Oh. But then I hovered over it. It said completed. So I think I did it on a horde tune. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. But here's okay. the thing. So I go and I finish like Dust, Dust Wallow and it's like 1230 or something like that. I'm getting tired. 
I turn it in. I'm like, okay, one more zone. And then I get the lore master achievement. You got it. I got it. So Congrats. I didn't have to do Stonetown Mountain. I got the um, got the title. At 11.30 at night. Oh, 12.30. Oh, 12.30. 12.30. Oh. I got the tabard with the big exclamation mark on it. Nice. Yeah. So now you're lore master freckle face? I am. I am. Oh, so tell me something about lore, since you're the lore master. <laughs> um, I know when you pick up a quest... To like get the ears that the ears don't always drop. That you can't always get the ears. <laughs> okay. This is what I've learned after questing every single zone. All right then. <laughs> I'll I would, say that. I always thought there should be like a test at the end of it. <laughs> the essay portion of the yeah, achievement. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you really know about lore? Before we gonna bestow this you This will be great on a five point rubric and <laughs> Before we bestow this title upon you of Lore Master, uh-huh. answer these 10 questions. Yeah, I probably wouldn't pass. <laughs> <laughs> no, you would because there's an add-on for it. <laughs> Just like the timeless question. Oh, yeah, Same. I don't have that on add-on. <laughs> Missing out, Frank. I, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so I don't think it was that night, it might have been the night before, that I decided to do Brawler's Guild. Right before everything shuts down, I decided it's like the best time to like start Brawler's Guild. <laughs> sure, that makes perfect sense. Well, and here's the thing. Up until rank seven, it was easy breezy. I mean, you got to remember, this came out in like, what, 5.1? Yeah. So maybe? You're, yeah, you were cover girl in it. You know, easy breezy cover girl. You forgot the beautiful. Oh, is there beautiful in there? I'm a goblin, so of course oh, I am. of course. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was just goes without saying exactly exactly so i really like the experience um i don't know that i would be for me on level it was just kind of fun to get in there and run around and i do like the concept of it you know you're going up there individually people watching you i found it a little disconcerting that i would um i got stuck on this one that i never ended up finishing but if I try, I would get three different people whisper me saying like you know you should end it this way right and different strategies yeah <laughs> did they throw stuff at you no, nobody did. I had a coach. You, yeah. Yeah, I had a coach who was coaching me on, on the different strats for each fight. If over- I had started earlier, I could have done that. Yeah, I'll just overvent. It was awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I got to rank seven, which is not high enough to get the title, but it was high enough to buy the Clock'em Robot pet. Rock'em, Sock'em, Clock'em Robot? Exactly, which I wanted. So my very delayed review of the Brawler's Guild is that... <laughs> I think it was a really good addition to the game. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, I also randomly got an achievement called Big Winner when I was playing Hearthstone for winning a thousand games. Wow. <laughs> wow. Just, what do you get for that? You get 300 gold. Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. In any mode. So it was, it was late night. I was like um, challenging a friend. And yeah. Right in the middle of that. I was like, oh, 300 gold. Yeah. Yeah. And a thousand wins. That's <laughs> yeah. pretty impressive. I don't know, but it doesn't say how many losses. That's good, right? I think uh, I have, we'll, we'll go with it. I have that many losses. See, I got a lot stuffed into a few days, and then I I did as as uh, as you did, kind of take a break after um, the patch hit. I haven't actually done the new quest line. I'm just kind of holding off. Ah, now you can do it. I'll give you. I, I, you want a hint? Yes. Okay, it might be a little bit of a spoiler. Wait, no, don't spoil it. I'm not, but I'll give you a hint. You just said it'd be a little bit of a spoiler. Not really. It'll, okay. it'll save you some frustration. Okay. All right. It won't make sense until you're there. Okay. All right. The all axe right. is at eye level by the door. That's okay. all you need to all know. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> so <laughs> when the time comes, you'll be like, 
Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so is it like that sniper quest in the Jade Forest not with at all. the barrels? No, okay. No. Well, in that quest, you know, you're looking at like a two D version of um, the action, right? And if you're not following the dwarf as he's planning the stuff, and he had to shoot him, I got a lot. Like the last time I did it, even though I'd done that quest like four times before, I spent like ten minutes staring at my screen. Oh, yeah, I have no yeah, idea where yeah. this. It's like yeah. it's a tiny little spot. You get it right on there. You'll see. It'll, okay. It all makes sense when you do the quest. All right. Fair enough. Uh, you know, right? Yeah, it's just uh, always awkward. This part of the show. Yeah, can uh, be. But we we need to uh, we need to address this. We do. Yeah. Uh, I guess on the business, take care of your frag. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. We have a previous total of twenty bucks. I got my dollar. I got my dollar. Uh, that makes a total of twenty two. And for Reco Face. With all this excitement this week, were you able at all to run Kira? Four times. Ooh. And I one shot it every time, thanks to new <laughs> squish. This is true. <laughs> well, in all of your four times one shotting it, did the mount drop? It did not. Yeah. Now, Root. Yes, ma'am. You said he had a slow week. I had a slow week. Did you run Kara? I did run Kara. How many times? Once. And? Yeah, nothing. There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing going on in there for me. <laughs> they got like Family Guy awkward right there. <laughs> Yeah, there is nothing going on. There. <laughs> I didn't even think about how easier it was. How it is. Oh yeah. What I thought about is don't kill the boss too fast. So for the very Why? because if well, for him, if you kill the horse before it spawns the the rider, mm-hmm. uh, then it resells. So you, you don't you don't nothing drops. Oh, no. I've never had this issue before. Yeah. Well, welcome to not being a warlock. Oh. Well. <laughs> I've had to reset it several times. <laughs> so this time I killed him with rain of fire. I just ran around and. And that was that. That was, uh, yeah, nothing happening. So next week we'll see what happens because I plan to run it like a bunch now. I'm going to run it at least 10 times. Yeah. All right. With five characters. Figure that one out. (laughs) (laughs) A retrospective look at the mist of Pandaria. Well, we've survived another series of daunting tasks in the World of Warcraft. What did Blizzard get right? What did they get wrong? We're going to discuss both of those subjects and a little more as we look back on Pandaria. Been a couple years, huh? Two years, yeah. Two years playing this expansion. Yep. A lot of new stuff introduced, a lot of uh, stuff taken away. What about uh, the new daily hubs? Frack, what do you think about all those? Stuff like, you know, the shield wall. Shield wall or dominance offensive, the Isle of Thunder, the Thomas Isle. Yeah. Those were all introduced. Uh, not at launch. Those were all introduced at a uh, progressive patch. What do you think about that whole, as you know, as we progress, here's more stuff. Here's some more stuff. Now that this opened up, what do you think about that whole progressive rollout? Um, that That's pretty on par with what they have been doing with the previous expansions. Um, it seemed like... Uh, these new quest hubs had their own unique flavor to it. I I think out of all of them, my favorite was uh, the Isle of Thunder. 
because that was more like a treasure hunt than anything else. Right, yeah. You know, still like, is, still is. Right, right, right. You're running the stuff just to get the keys, and then you get the keys, and you run the treasure trove, and um, you had this overarching thing to get the stones, and the stones did you know, certain things, and I, lo- I, I like the zone a lot. I, I agree with you. I like the Isle of Thunder a lot. Um, I'd like the little, the misty protected area, so to speak. Right. That you could go to and it was just, you were, you were okay there, you know, <laughs> because that island scared me. They had large dinosaurs running yes, around did. that could kill you at the time. And I always felt very, like at any moment I could get jumped on that island, you know, so it was always, you're always looking around. And I really, really, really loved the artwork on that island. I still think they use a different graphic engine on that instance because it looks totally different from anything else. Yeah, it does. Very Diablo-esque, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of stuff to do. A lot of stuff to do. All the dailies. So part of me thinks that there was too much, too many dailies. And almost felt like you had to do some of them. I yeah. Felt, you know, I kind of felt yeah. funneled into having to do, especially the dominance offensive, you know, or shield wall, whichever one you were doing. There was part of me that I, I liked doing that because it was a progressive storyline and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I felt like I have to go do this. I have to go do this every day. You know, and that was kind of with the, the you know, these daily hubs. I feel like I have to go do this. On the time it's all, I have to go do this. And I still feel that way. So, yeah, one thing I thought they could have done better on was the phasing. Um, those zones required you to unlock all mm. of the, the zone, which was fun the first time. The second time, eh, I just kind of you know, get your second tune up to uh, max cap, and you just kind of want to take them there to the dailies. You don't want to sit through the introduction again. Right. I didn't even do that part. Right. And I don't want to do that part. Right. Well, um, I know we're going to talk about world bosses uh, a little bit later. But, for example, one of them was Nalik, who's over in the Isle of Thunder. So you start in a world bosses tour, something like that. People are tagging the world bosses. You do it in your main, who has been through the Isle of Thunder. And you kill Nalik. Maybe you switch groups. You want to take your alt in there. Well, your alt is fresh, hasn't done any introduction quest. Yeah, so how are you going to yeah, get over there? True. You know? Um, and, and they were all like that. Like they, they set up this gate, but I feel like the gate should have been account wide, not character wide. I can see that and I can agree with that wholeheartedly. I would I had forgotten completely about the phased areas around the, the daily quest. They all have them. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, the crass ring, the shield wall, yeah, stuff yeah. you had to sit there and like build the base. Um timeless wasn't it wasn't really phased, there's just like a few quests you had to do in series to be able to unlock the dailies. Um but just, yeah, but that was quick, though. That was, that like, was fairly quick, And it yeah, gave you a nice introduction to the island. Right. But so. if you're on alt, you don't need an introduction yes, to the island. I agree. Yeah. 100%. So I think in future it would be nice if they have uh, questing hubs that have a long introduction if you're able to skip it on alts. I agree. What about the grind in, the, in this expansion? For me, it was a good grind. But I'm a very casual player. It kind of gave me something to to do you know valor cap was actually a possibility right um this time around instead of just being something that was out of my reach i enjoyed valor capping um i enjoyed the kind of enjoyed the grind um 
in the sense that there was always something to do. Once you get over the 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 barrier of I have to do this, then there was always something to go do. Like you could log on and you know, even if you were just running around and you know doing the farming stuff or the cooking or whatever, there's always something to do. So there's always some kind of a grind to do, some kind of a rep to grind out. There was always something to work on. And I liked that. Um, I wasn't in a hurry to get it done. Like I still haven't finished Nat Pagel, and now I'm not sure if I will finish Nat Pagel. But there was always something to kind of do. But in that same vein, there were just everything seemed grindy. If it wasn't, if you weren't grinding valor, you were grinding rep, you were grinding coins, you're grinding charms. You know, tokens, it's two different types of coins. It was just, you're always, yeah. Yeah, just, you know, it's just like, ah, oh, I got to go do these nine things to get this one thing to do that one thing over. It's like, oh, okay. Right. You know, and if you don't have so, you know, so many of these coins, you can't get this charm. And you, while there's always something to do, you, you, there was, they were all, almost required you to do the grinding if you wanted to get bonus rolls and so other stuff. So it did reward. I understand that. But it just felt like, is from a casual sense, it felt like I had to get on and spend at least a couple hours every day just grinding some stuff out. Now, what about the different questing zones? I liked them. Mm-hmm. Um, very entertaining storylines. Uh, it was nice learning about the Klaxi and the different histories of all the different little factions inside of Pandaria. The, you know, Shadow Pan right. and everybody else and the brewers. and all. That part I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the story aspect of it. Even though I tend to, to rush through quests like that. Mm-hmm. It was still a very, it's just gorgeous. The the scenery was fantastic. It really I, was. I loved that part. The the sound, the music, the ambiance, spot on. And I really could find myself being immersed in the game in that aspect of it. What about you? Yeah, I really enjoyed it too. Some zones I liked more than others. I did like the overarching quest line for all of them. I liked how they all had something kind of unique and fun to them. Uh, you know, like like the Yakwash and Kunlai. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> or the whole uh, Lily following you around in um, yeah. yeah the Valley of the Four Winds. I kind of like uh, raising the bug in uh, for the Klaxi. Right. When you got the ride. and Yeah, that one was cool. And I felt very attached to that little bug that I raised and then you end up killing him. See, I've never liked going to Dreadwaste. It's kind of a weird place. I don't like bugs. Oh, they well, gross yeah, me out. And it's just, wow, very, this whole zone is something but giant bugs. Very weird so place for you. You're welcome like, my nightmares. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I did feel at times overwhelmed with all there was to do, um, all the different storylines that you could work on if you're working on. You know, running over and doing, you know, following the storyline in the August Celestials, following the storyline with the Klaxi. There's so much to do. And then a part of it, I know 100% were, was my friends or followers on Twitter. You see people talking on Twitter. They're like, oh, we just oh, wait till you see the ending of this. You're like, oh, man, I can't wait to see the ending of that. And then, you know, it's like, I got I to get to do this for another three days. And I, and, but I have this going on over here. So I just felt... Very confused at the time. And if you remember, we had Ann Stickney on from WoW Insider to get us all caught up oh, with know. everything that was going on. Because I was like, okay, 
why are we killing bugs? You know, <laughs> and and what do they have to do with the pandas? And what what about the island? And you know, the thunder god. What happened to him? And so it's just so. There's mi- a lot of new races introduced. Not at least a lot of new storylines. Yeah, all yeah. this, it's just, and it's just overwhelmed. You know, all this stuff going on. You mm-hmm. know, and then wow, it's just crazy. A big change this expansion was having a legendary item available for all classes. In previous expansions, you would have an item that was only available to a certain class type, such as melee, caster, and so forth. So we have these legendary cloaks that really provide an overarching storyline for the whole expansion from patch to patch. I loved what they did with legendary cloak this time. I mean, again, I'm biased. I'm a casual player. I'm not going to be part of a raid team. I'm not going to commit to running a certain raid at a particular night every week or, you know, a particular two nights every week like other people do. I just want to see the content a couple times and then I'm good to go. And to me, the Legendary Cloak quest line was just perfect. You know, you had to do all of the raids, so you had to stay active um, throughout the expansion. And you were able to get what you needed for the quest line, even doing uh, looking for raid. I'm with you. I love the fact that we have this large, sometimes seemingly impossible goal to reach. I know some people are like daunted by the amount of valor you had to have, and all, but you know there were ways to get around that, ways to speed it up. And I just love the fact that you could work on something and get these, you know, sigils and these gems or whatever you had secrets to get, and lead, whatever they right. were. And it was just so cool to me that that was happening. And you're part of it, and then now you got to go test your might. And are you doing this right? Can you defeat this dude? Can you, you know, do so many things? And the whole storyline between Andu and Rathion, you know, watching that play out, and how that all tied into War Crimes, Christy Golden's novel was cool too. But the whole, I mean, it just, it was cool. I really enjoyed it. I love the fact that it was available to all class, all players. If you just took a little bit of time, you could get it done, and I liked that. Because like you, I remember in the past, you know, you're going to do a legendary for a rogue and everything that's, you know, okay, we have to get our rogue to this point. We have to do this for the rogue. We have to do. And it felt like, okay, this is the only guy benefiting from this. You know, we're doing all right. this so this guy can get a legendary. And then what what would happen? As soon as that rogue gets a legendary, he's done raiding. <laughs> it that, happened a few times. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. well, wait, what a, come back and use those legendaries. <laughs> Use that extra DPS. No, they're done. Yeah, it's definitely a more individualistic mentality um, for Legendary this time around rather than a group one. Which, ah, I like it personally. But, you know, I I play WoW differently. I like to group with people, but I don't like to be um, beholden to other people when I play. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Now, I will say this. It didn't feel extremely Legendary. Because how can it be legendary if everybody has the opportunity to get one? Well, everyone has the opportunity to do it, but not everyone's going to pin the time and effort. And whereas past expansions, they limit it to class, but not by time. You can still go back and you can work on getting the caster staff. Right. But the legendary cloak from Mr. Pandaria, that's gone. It's gone. If you're not done with it by the time Mr. Pandaria is over, you do not have a chance to go get it again. 
And uh, being on Facebook and seeing everyone post these groups, there are a ton of people who never got it done. Right. You know, if you got bored at any point in time during the expansion and subbed for a while, um, there's a good chance that you didn't get it done if you didn't stay active. So it was, it was legendary in its own way. It's kind of like, I don't know, climbing Mount Everest. Is anyone going to be stopped from going there and doing that? Yes. The strippers oh. stop everybody who they think are going to die on the mountain. <laughs> no one has a chance to I try. Walk, no, if I walked into the foot of Everest, I'm like, yo, I'm climbing Everest with you. A stripper take one look at me and go, no. Here's your money back, sir. Thank you very much. I'm making an analogy here. Okay. Don't pick it apart. <laughs> the analogy is is legendary because you follow through on it, not because because the class that you picked just gets it. Yeah. All right, well. It has the opportunity to get it. Yeah, sure, but look at me go, you go to the gym for a year. <laughs> <laughs> you work on a stair climber for a year <laughs> and then come talk to me. World bosses and rares. Uh, this was a, you know, there have always been rares running around. There's always been some kind of a world boss. Some Well, in, in later expansions, anyhow. Mr. Pandaria, we got a lot of these guys. Oh, yeah. And they're available. You, some have got the weekly. Some some are up all the time. Some you can kill multiple times a day. Some you can only get loot from once a day. Some drop pets. Some drop mounts. There's all this stuff. And they made them... World taggable, faction taggable, anyhow. So if your faction gets that tag, you can jump on in there, get a dot off, get one shot off, and you have an opportunity to loot that that world boss. I liked that aspect of it. Um, I liked the fact that they tied in some quest lines to it. We now had to go, you know, fight this guy when you're on the quest. But I also like the fact that you can go back and fight that guy anytime you want to. And yes, it requires a group. You cannot go solo that guy. You probably still can't solo him. But it required a raid group. That I really liked. You saw people putting together raids uh, to go do that on, you know, in-game. You saw it on open raid all the time. You could sign up for world boss tours on open raid and go get open boss tours done. What was our record? Under 20 minutes. For all four. For all four at the right. time. Right. Yeah, it was fantastic. I definitely like those because it felt like you're being a part of something epic. You know, you're fighting like this gigantic beast, this gigantic monster, and you got 40 people coming together to do it. But at the same time, it wasn't like a four-hour ordeal. Right. You know? And it was just kind of like, it was really big, and it was just kind of like a quick and dirty, kind of like, you know, organizing a mob to just go, you know, raid some and do some damage real quick. (laughs) Flash mob. Flash mob. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) The rares on the Timeless Isle. This is where I had a little bit of a problem with this concept of rares. Because I've made the analogy before where it's like Bumblebee soccer. Where wherever that rare is, whatever rare just spawned, you have everybody on the island running and grouping up and mobbing that poor rare. (laughs) And it just turned into like a loot pinata scenario. You would have, I mean, even to the fact where if you look at the add-ons that were designed for the rare announcers... Right. They got to the point where they announced the amount of a health it had and if it died. So it was like, rare spotted. Here are the coordinates. This is what it drops. His health is at 100% or whatever it was at the time, right? And as soon as that rare died, it was like, so-and-so is dead. And you knew there was a couple of them that you knew if you were more than 30 seconds away when when that rare timer went up, there's no way you're going to Oh, yeah, yeah. 
He's in town fast. Yeah, that one on the corner is to start with the Z's. I don't remember her name. Zesqua? Yes. Ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> you had about ten seconds to get over there, maybe even less than that, and that then and that creature was dead. Right. All right, if you're lucky someone be in the cave and they announced that rock moss or um the jade fire was up. And then it was kind of like, Hold it, hold it, wait, wait. Wait on me. Oh, yeah. Jerks, you guys killed it before I got here. Well, wait 10 minutes. It'll respawn. Now, I like the various in the time of style because, I mean, they tried to make it less structured and less dailies. And they did in that their only daily was just to kill 20 big creatures. And that was it. And so you're basically, um, the rest of your time was spent just trying to find rares. And there was always a rare up somewhere you just had to figure out which one and you had to rely on people to figure out who was up what was up like if you're waiting around in something particular because there's things that need to drop for an achievement you wanted to kill all of them for a particular achievement as well right and that's where again the add-on rare timer right would come and so you could ask when's the last time someone saw hulan Right, it was like, oh, I saw him five minutes ago. Okay, well, not going to worry about that. Yeah, I got 30 yeah. minutes to wait or whatever it was. So I thought it was entertaining. However, um, going back there after it's kind of quieted down, eh, it's not as fun. I mean, there's, or on a more quiet server. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had a lot of people ask me, uh, you know, to for me to invite them so they would join my group on, on my server and go fight rares. Right. Because their server was dead or dying at the time, and they couldn't go, you know... Yeah, some of the rare scale, you know, or the well, elites will scale, but, you know, you still can't take down Hulan on your own. You know, Leaf Mender? No, not that one. Yeah, Leaf Mender, you No can. problem. Yeah. Champions? I soloed the champions. Whoop-de-doo. Anybody else? I don't think I tried. No. So we got a whole lot of new dungeons. They revamped some old ones. And I really feel like they kind of understood... That people don't want long, drawn-out, intense dungeons. Yes. You want something you can get in and get out within about 20 minutes. Or less, right. You know, and they want some kind of challenge. They want it to be entertaining. You want it to drive a story. Right. And they want it to, you know, be engaging. Did you ever watch some of the character text in Stormstout Brewery? Those guys say the funniest things. They did. They're, they literally insult your group as you go by, you know? <laughs> so you got to read the text. But mm-hmm. and they say they say funny stuff, and it's that level of detail that I like. And I like you know knowing that. I remember going in there for the first time, like as as a ranged DPS, you have a job to do at certain spots, and then if you don't do it, it makes the whole fight a lot tougher for everybody else. And I like that. I like the mechanics that are introduced in dungeons. I have always felt. That dungeons are used to introduce the mechanics for the raid fights. It doesn't always happen, but I think it should more than it does because it's a great place to introduce those types of mechanics. I liked the dungeons this time when they first came out. Yeah. And they got a little old. They got old. They don't scale, and I have a problem with that. I know it's just me. Nobody else has this problem but me. (laughs) No, nobody does I want stuff to scale. I really, really do. If it, just scale with my with with the average item level of the group or something, because when you go in there, these la- I mean, 
I had like a couple uh, last show. I think it was when I told you guys that I jumped in there into an instant, and the guy is like, "Oh, it's this warlock. Careful, you know he he all he does is speed runs." Well, it's like, well, yeah, because that's that's all you can do now. I I can't go slow because I'm gonna, I I just want to power through here. I want to get through here. I want to get my valor. I want to go. See, I have mixed feelings about that. Like, I agree there is kind of an issue with the dungeons, and they come out at a certain level that's required to defeat them. And then as you gear up, you're overpowering them. And what can be done to keep it from being too easy and not fun? The problem is a big hook of the game is starting out weak, struggling to defeat a certain type of enemy, getting stronger, getting better geared, and now those same enemies you can crush. That sense of comp- that's just it's there in the game. It's why people go back, you know, to the low level zones and you know pick off people who are flagged for PvP. <laughs> it's just I don't know, like to to have everything scale. I mean, I get it for the proving grounds because that was supposed to be in and of itself a test of skill and not anything else. But the other stuff in the game. I have a hard time seeing like why it should scale, but like you said, it just they easily we kind of outpace them, and then you have certain times in the dungeon. Um, I don't know what it's called, but there's one where you're on a where you're on a fence, and there's a staircase, and you have to like throw things at the people coming up the staircase at you. Not a fence. You're at a big gate. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's the um, yeah. I know the one. I just... That takes so long. <laughs> and you took it to the point where it was like, dude, I have enough gear in here that I should be able to just go through this and whole place in five minutes. You yeah. have to wait. It's, it's one of the claxy ones, but the, yeah. you know, the bridge at the end. Yes. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. What I didn't like about that is it got to the point where you didn't even have to throw stuff at people overboard. People would just go down to the top of the stairs. You know, they'd run down to the first flight of stairs and wait for the guys. You just kill them right there. Right. You know, and you'd have one range DPS hang out f- up top to take care of the amber wing that flies in. And then everybody else is kind of, it's, it became that part of it, the mechanics, you outgear the mechanics. And that's a problem. You know, when you start outgearing mechanics or you, you'd kill a boss before it gets to the second phase or something, that's what I don't like. Yes, an older content, love going back. This wasn't supposed to be older content. <laughs> this was still supposed to be relatively current. And, you know, I kind of think, okay, in the same major patch, so 5 point whatever, scale it. As soon as we hit 6.0, that 5.0 doesn't scale anymore. Now my 6.0 gear, sure, go back and let me face roll it. But during gotcha. the current expansion, don't let me do that. Scale it. Or give me the option, a little button. Click a button. So you want to scale this? Yeah. Or even let me queue for scale dungeons. Oh, something okay, like gotcha. You know, something Yeah, like something. That. They also introduced heroic scenarios. Regular and heroic. Regular and heroic, correct. Yeah, regulars, people got done with those pretty quick and skipped on to heroics. Well, heroics, you had to have your own group. Whereas uh, scenarios, the regular ones, you had to in there. there. So I love the storytelling. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that you didn't need to have the Trinity to go in there. Yes. You could end with what you, you got a DPS. Yeah, it was easier if you had, you know, a tank, a DPS, and a healer. But I've been in number three warlocks before. And it's it's fun. And I like the ones when they when they use a scenario to drive a point of a story, I really like that. Don't care about the repeatable aspect of it personally. 
but I like mm-hmm. the fact that it drives a story. I think those scenarios should be used more to drive a story than to go back and farm for whatever they, they give out. See, I enjoyed the solo scenarios more than the group ones. Okay. Um, like the one that you have to do to unlock the Isle of Thunder. Because here's the thing. The scenarios require reading. And when people get in a group, they don't read. Or, I don't read. Or if, Yeah, or if one person knows what they're supposed to do, they're just going to take off. Right, or the, hopefully they tell you, go click all these things. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe they will, maybe they won't. Or they'll just expect you to know. Or if you want to take your time and try to figure out what you're supposed to do, you're uh, dragging everybody behind. <laughs> right, especially when now when they're trying to run through it. You're like, what are you doing? Well, I'm reading. Why are you reading? Right. And really, in general, anything that is supposed to uh, move along the storyline kind of conflicts when you're running with people. Like if you're in a, uh, a raider dungeon, like you can't sit there and watch the cut scene. Oh, no, forget about it. People get impatient yeah. with you. Yeah. What are you doing? What's the cut scene? You, no, watch it on YouTube. Well, you don't know that they said that until you're done with it. <laughs> <laughs> so in that case, I guess the heroics, I never really did them, but if you're going the heroic scenarios with friends, you could be able to kind of pace yourself. But they were so detailed and they're all so different and they required you following instructions and not just doing your, your general tank and spank um, thing to get in and out. I felt like it was kind of a clash between that and also the pug system. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I was kind of mixed about on it is you saw a lot of people asking in, in trade chat or general chat or wherever for people to run with them. You know, looking for two more, looking for one more for a heroic scenario. And that it was kind of nostalgic in a little bit because it threw me back to the days of, of Wrath when people would gather and look for people before we had the LFR and LFDs and LF anythings. But at the same time, it's just like, man, um, I don't know. It just it, it seemed like it was a lot of clutter on the screen for yeah. You know? And then of course they they didn't scale. That's I'm gonna harp on that one again. They became pitifully easy to you know face roll right. You're doing a repeatable scenario. You've done it 10, 15, 30 times. And, and didn't really scale with their awards either, so it kind of came yeah. pointless to do. Yep. Except for their, you know, you're getting Valor. If you want a Valor cap, go to, you know, that's the quickest way to do it. So. so there are two major changes to rating this expansion, the personal loot system and the flex rating. And both of them really pushed the whole individualistic mentality like we talked about earlier. In that you are not going to be bowled over if somebody decides to be a jerk. That's what they did with the personal loot because, you know, they introduced LFR in Cataclysm, but it was you're still rolling on stuff. Mm-hmm. And sometimes somebody wouldn't roll or somebody they'd roll need on somebody didn't need. It was just, ugh. And then they introduced this thing where it's like, you know what? You're just going to get what you get. You're not going to fight with anybody else over anything. Sure, people are still going to whine about what they get, but it's they're arguing with the computer, you know, right? They're not getting mad at anybody else in the in the raid group, and then the flex rating made it so that if somebody dropped randomly and had to go AFK, they just disconnected whatever. You wouldn't necessarily have to find another person to replace them, right? Yeah, you lose a DPS, you lose a DPS, you keep going. You know, they did a very, very, very good job with the idea of flex rating. I love the idea of flex rating. I loved the implementation that Blizzard did of flex rating. Uh, there are people who that was their raid tier. They would do LFR, 
And they would do flex. That was enough. They didn't have to do normal or heroic. They were fine. I love the fact that it scaled. You didn't have to have that people. Although they found out, they did the math, they ran the numbers in the Sims, and they found out the ideal number in flex per raid. So they had that done, right. which was kind of in my, you know, it's for the purpose. Yeah, does yeah. that you know, does that kind of counter the spirit of the whole flex thing a little bit? Maybe a little bit. What I didn't like about flex was how people treated flex. In particular, there were a lot of raid groups that treated flex as practice for their normal raids. Okay, and they would invite people like casual people into the flex raid and then harp on them because they're not doing their job, not pulling DPS, not doing it. You know, so in a way there is a lot of, and this is per, this is 100% on the guilds and the raid teams that they seem like they made flex a guild requirement to do normal or heroic. So that's why the good is in the intention of what Blizzard was doing. The good was an implementation of what Blizzard did. The bad was in how it got spun by people. People ruined that one, in my opinion. Now, LFR, you know, Freck, (laughs) (laughs) I have a very, very, very hard time with LFR. Because there is so much filth and trash and vileness and just gutter talk in LFR that... It's it's hateful. I don't want to go in there. It can be, yeah. You know, I kind of really feel that if you want to have LFR, disable the chat system. Disable nameplates. Don't let anybody know who else is in there. <laughs> don't let anybody talk to anybody else or know who anybody else is. You don't think some of the bosses require some coordination? Initially, yes. Yeah. After a while, no. So maybe that's just something that, okay, the chat system for the first two or three weeks of LFR is opened up. After that, it's closed. <laughs> you should know what you're doing by now, you know. I mean, you can always turn off Raid Chat. It doesn't matter because it's just people, be, it's just, okay. There was once a very wise man and they said that when you first gain a position of power, like in management, mm-hmm. there are two types of managers you will become. You'll become one of these two types. You will either become the person or the type of manager who says, I'm going to treat everybody with the respect and the adoration and admiration that I wish I had gotten during my career, or it's payback time. And that is LFR. Interesting. So you're saying too many people have too much power. No, what I'm saying is too many people whose raid team harps on them for whatever reason. You're not healing well, you're not tanking right, you're not doing enough DPS, you don't know to stand out of the fire. They get an LFR, now they're an LFR hero, and they just lash out at anybody else who isn't doing something right. You know, it's LFR, and the problem is LFR got that the stigma. It's LFR. It's looking for rage. I've said it myself, you know. You know, looking for fail. It's all it gets this stigma of this huge cludge of people that are just going to try to push their way through something and hope for the best. And the problem is it felt required 
to do if you wanted to get the legendary It done. was required. So you had to put up with it. And it was just one of those things like I don't want to put up with right. it. Right. Unless you're on a regular raid team. Even then. You just right. you need to go in with a bunch of friends and, and tune everything else out if you just want to get through LFR. That was my biggest problem with LFR. It's people. people. And this is another one where fantastic idea by Blizzard, showing people in game <laughs> content, and give it to the people, and they just screw it up. Well, to be fair, the negativity is everywhere. Yesterday, I was on my Warlock Malaria, and somebody out of the blue whispered me to tell me how stupid my name was. Well, that was kind of them. <laughs> we got a 30-minute argument. Oh. But I digress. Wow. <laughs> Did you win? I don't know. <laughs> we basically minute. just said, shut up. No, you shut up for about 30 minutes. So how do you how do you exactly win an argument on the internet? Hmm. Be the first person to log off because I was... Yeah, okay, I'll accept that. Yeah. Just don't, just stop. <laughs> just, that's all it is. <laughs> just stop. Don't, don't. You know? Well, like, I'm a little guilty of this same thing, too. I mean, I've been a little stressed lately. Someone comes at me, my name is stupid. I'm letting him have it. <laughs> you tell me some your mom jokes or something? <laughs> your mom's name is stupid. <laughs> it was a weird, I, I didn't know what was happening. But I was like, this person is either like, Five years old, or some, or somebody's trolling me. I don't know. Either one. They're probably that same person in LFR. Though. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Just saying, it can happen anywhere. It's probably the game. Freck, what was your take, your feel, on the overall storyline of Mr. Pandaria? Well, I love that the end villain was a familiar figure. Instead of introducing this new person to hate... Now, the other expansions, to be fair, I wasn't like keeping up with the lore, hardcore reading the books, anything like that. So I could be wrong, but it seemed to me, at least as a casual player, that every expansion is just like, oh, let me introduce this new person who you're going to hate now. Whereas Mr. Pandaria, they took somebody who had been good, who had a history in the game, you know, you've interacted with him before. And I remember when it first leaked, like, Garrosh is going to be the end boss. I'm like, what? That's crazy. Hmm. And we're all, like, speculating what's going to happen to make this war hero turn into the villain. So seeing that transformation was very intriguing to me. And the dailies did a really good job of uh, facilitating that shift in his character. You know, he, he fell deeper and deeper into corruption until he just became a monster. Mm. True. So, so I was very invested in the end game boss. Okay. That I agree with. I'm going to counter your point just a little bit. Okay. Uh, Lich King in particular. Right. Has been around since Warcraft 3 or that's earlier. True. So that story's been hashed out and played out before. So that was... Although that was a known and expected story, it was just nice to actually live through that one in a different viewpoint. Right, and, and like I said, like I, I am coming from a very limited viewpoint because up until you know, f- fairly recently, I wasn't like super involved in lore. Right. 
But at the same time, Arthas was involved in the pre-World of Warcraft games. Sure. So if you hadn't played Warcraft 1, 2, 3, you might not know who he was. Whereas Garrosh was explicitly in World of Warcraft. And they took somebody who was already in that universe and you know, expanded his character. Right. And changed him. He might have made some other appearances in some place in lore. But, no, I see what you're saying. We were, right. we were more we're very familiar. familiar with him. Nowhere else in the game do you really interact with Arthas, you know. Right. You do quests for him and, you know, side with him on stuff. And Same you know. with Illidan. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I see what you're saying. It was, it, it was a fantastic, they did a very good character development for Garrosh. I enjoyed overall storylines. Um, not just his. His was really good. I enjoyed how, for the now the at least second time that I can remember, Blizzard actually changed the physical landscape based on the story when they blew up the Veil of Eternal Blossoms. I liked that. Right. Um, I like it when they're bold enough to do something like that to their own physical, if you will, world. Blizzard, however, was accused of being racist. 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 Against Asians. Because it was too, quote unquote, Asian. With pandas. And all the China stuff. You know, and the, the Pandaria. Was yeah. It, was, so was was Pandaria named because of the pandas or because of the Pan America or, you know, Panasia. Yeah. Pandaria. And all the quests about Jade and the, the structures mm-hmm. and... Yeah. You know. So they actually had to play or defend against that race card, rather, that someone played against them in the media. You know, you know that came out in the media against them. Right. They also got... They took a real big hit of it being too cute. Too cutesy, <laughs> too fluffy, catering to the furries. And, you know, really catering to a particular demographic... You know, the whole thing started off as an April Fool's joke on a napkin anyhow. And they had to deal with all that negativity. And and the fact that Chris Metzen comes out in the Warlord's announcement and says, it's time to quit playing around and get back to war, or whatever he said. Right. You know, kind of addresses that whole, okay, we took a little break, you know, and now we're getting back to the, the nitty gritty. Right. So to back up to your issue about the the racism, I wouldn't go as far as to say that. However, it did feel to me just very bland and uninspired. All the different races in World of Warcraft, or I should say many of them, you can see that they are loosely based on some sort of particular ethnicity or demographic. True. Even all the way down to the Vikral in... Lich King. You know, you can look at their names, you can look at their structures, and it's got a very um, Nordic-type inspiration. You know, you can go down the list and you can see what type of people that different races are modeled after, what different cultures the places are modeled after. However, there's always been just minor parts of it. And this was a whole expansion on this China theme. And it just felt very boring to me like if you're going to come up with this fantasy creature don't make it mirror reality so much right make something fresh something new no i agree i agree yeah 
My most anticipated feature of this expansion was, of course, pet battles. They did a lot of things right with pet battles. I will have to give them a lot of props for that. It was a really fun mini game to play during your downtime. If you want to log in and just do something for 20-30 minutes and not have to deal with people necessarily, not have to, you know, sit in a queue for something, not have to do the same dailies that you've been doing over and over again, but you just want to log in and just play. This seems like just the most relaxing aspect of the game. It added another layer to all of Azeroth. Now you go into a new place, you go to the Isle of Thunder, you go to you know, each new zone that you open up, and it's like, what critters are there right now? Hmm. It's like, oh, there's a lizard. What does that lizard do? Hmm. And it required so much strategy. They introduced these, you know, kind of epic trainers that had these really powerful pets, and you'd play them, and you would get beaten. And you figure out, what am I doing wrong? It's like, okay, well, let me let me go back and analyze what the different uh, spells are that this enemy pets are doing. Okay, now let me go through my pet journal and see what pets I have that counter that. Let me make a most efficient team possible to kill these three pets. So it required research, there was strategy, there was the whole, like, collecting thing, just collecting things that were shiny and cute and fun. And it's just a really good mix of strategy and RNG. Because you'd fight battles sometimes that, you know, you miss or the other guy misses or you crit and it really affects the outcome of the battle. So you had your regular pet battle trainers that you could do as dailies that weren't that difficult. And then they had an extra set of these kind of epic creatures that you could defeat on a daily basis. The, the spirit elementals. And then they added the fable beast. And those were battles that you had to have a particular type of pet in each slot with a particular type of ability. There's some flexibility on what exactly you made your team up out of, but you had to have a particular type to be successful. The only place I think they messed up was the celestial tournament. Because there was six battles. You had to win them all. Or start over. Mm. And here's my issue was like you're not allowed to heal your pets, which means you go in there against one one battle, your pet dies, you lose the battle, now you have to start over. Or like you, you lose like your third battle. That means to start over you need the same pets who are now dead. You can't heal or revive, so you have to go back and start over. Redo the battles you've already done. Oh yeah. Yeah, I can see that. On top of that, these particular creatures were stronger than usual in that even if you had the most optimum team set up for it the rng played a heavy factor into it you could do everything right and still have something go wrong like you get critted or you miss or something and then you lose and then because you have to win all or nothing you have to start over again mm. so that was really frustrating and I felt that like it really ended things on a, a sour note for me. Everything was so balanced up until then. And then they added this tournament. And I feel like they kind of messed up on it. But you know what? I was looking through the new pets in the journal. and got updated with the patch. So I can actually go through and just see what I don't have and see if oh, I can yeah. collect. So there's some really cool looking stuff. And I'm really excited to see what's next with that. And, you know, for all I know, maybe I just needed to take a breather from it. Go do some new stuff. 
come back to it. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. could be. Maybe they've nerfed something or buffed something and it'll be easier. So Achievements got a little bit of a, a revamp uh, during Mr. Pandaria, and they made them account-wide. A lot of people really like that because, you know, there are certain things that might just be a little easier to do on a particular tune you've got, or there might be something that you're going to get anyhow because you're doing something on a tune, you get an achievement, and now you don't have to go back and try for that achievement on another character uh, just to get that achievement again. It really enabled people to have a, a bigger sense, in my opinion, of success in the game, especially the achievement hunters who love nothing more than you know filling up achievement points. Being able to have that across all your tunes was pretty cool. You could still go go for that achievement on the other tune, but you didn't have to because one of your tunes in your account already had it. So my issue with the implementation of the account-wide achievement is that it was not consistent. You know, you have your big ones that turn blue and they are account-wide, but then they're also supposed to be all account-wide. So they are, but they're not. Right. They are, they're not. There's some that are faction-based only. Right. And it's just, it's really unclear browsing the achievement journal uh, what carries over and what doesn't. And like I said, it caused me confusion when I was doing the Loremaster. I mean, it showed... Two zones, when I was looking at Loremaster of Kalimdor, it showed two of them are gray that did not have the check mark on them. And then the Stone Talon, it did not have a check mark. You hovered over it, it said completed, but it was not checked off. But then when I completed Theramore, then all of a sudden Kalimdor was completed as well. Right. And we can't overlook the security issue that we found out on one of your accounts where it was, you know, completed this on this other character. We're looking at your Freckleface account and when it's showing us that you completed another tune or that achievement rather on another character. Right. So you can turn this off, but it is enabled by default in that when uh, you are, you make an achievement that basically, let's say you have 10 characters on your account. You get an achievement. It goes to the armory. That means that it can be pulled from that that these 10 characters all got this exact achievement at the exact same time. So obviously they're from the same account. Right. So someone could easily data mine that and find out that, you know, you have a character that's named XYZ doesn't matter. And maybe you're being a little vicious to them and insulting their name. <laughs> exactly. And tell them to shut up. Well, um, a lot of people like to play where they are a particular tune. They right. have their guild. They get tired of playing on that tune. They want to get a different tune. And they want to leave that persona behind. And they want to do something different. And having the account-wide achievements kind of exposing your alts and things like that can kind of take away from that. Like I said, you can disable that now. Um, I don't know that you you were able to disable it when it first came out. And even still, it might not be obvious to a lot of people that you can do that. So it does potentially cause an issue. So another technology that was uh, brought a little more forth was cross-realm zoning. And the cool part about cross-realm zoning is if you were trying to get a quest done that might have required a little more people, like you might not have been able to solo that, or you know, there's too many people and you were getting aggro from the other mobs, it was nice that you go into the zone and all of a sudden there's other people doing the same quest and helping you out or... You know, taking a mob off of you or making a note available, whatever it was doing, it, it made the game seem more populated. You know, people were doing stuff and it 
for a while there before Crossroom Zones, there's a lot of places that has felt deserted. Oh yeah, absolutely. And now you go in and it's like, hey, there's there's other people here. This is really cool. And they 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 strove to make sure that you know PVPs weren't going to be merged with PVEs and RPs weren't. You know they they try to keep the like servers together for this cross realm interaction that's going on. As great of a concept as it was, the implementation caused a lot of issues. They pushed that out before it was ready. They did not even think through the basic conflicts that would happen by this automated cross-realm zoning. For example, the first time it came out, people started cheating. Mm. They would finish all their daily quests and they would get cross-realmed into uh, a realm that was in a different time zone, maybe a little earlier. And now it's reset. Oh, yeah. Do another set of dailies. Yeah, I remember that. Now, you remember my Dark Moon Fair incident? Recount that for me. So, I finished this quest, the Grizzly Trophies quest, on a Saturday night. It is 11.30 at night on a Saturday for the realm that I'm on. I was playing in a a central-based time zone realm. So, my home realm, it says it's 11.30. Mm -hmm. Dark Moon Fair is going to end at 11.59. Right. right? So, I have all my Grizzly Trophies. I go to Thunder Bluff. I'm up on the bluff. I can see the fair entrance. Okay? Right. I go toward it. As I go toward it, I see that 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 kind of blink, that shift that happens a lot of times when you're crossing into another zone. Yeah, the glitch in the matrix. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It puts me in a in a zone that is an hour ahead of me, <laughs> which means in the realm that I crossed over to it is 12.30, the Darkman Fair is over. It's done, yep. I go back to Thunder Bluff. It's 11.30 again. <laughs> I can see the Darkman Fair. I go up to the fair. It disappears. <laughs> yeah. It was maddening. They end up, you know, centralizing all the times. All the times are now, you know, California time. They did, but the point is that they pushed it out before they had thought through that very basic thing. Yeah, there were some issues that they hadn't really considered, that would be one of them. And you still got that thing where if you drive in somebody a two person mount and you cross over from one zone to another, it like it hiccups and the person falls off <laughs> yeah. and may or may not show back up again. <laughs> yeah. Which is the result of the, the cross roaming thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just it was a great idea, poorly implemented. They rushed it to get it out without thinking through the consequences of it. Yeah, and there's also people who still take advantage of that when they will uh, join somebody else's group on a different realm and it, because a rare's not up. Now, if you remember when we were doing our boss tours, that was always the big thing, you know, and there was a... Oh, that was kind of entertaining. I remember that. Yeah, we would get, we would get in a big group. We would get up to Undasta. We'd be looking at Undasta. We'd get our buffs up, you know, get ready to go. Tank is in position. Somebody would drop the group. (laughs) (laughs) The person who dropped the group would now shift the balance of what server around. We all get ported over to some other server. Undasa's not there. Undasa's not there, or his corpse is there. (laughs) And someone had just blown all the cooldowns. Like, I just popped army. (laughs) They'd blow all the cooldowns, or they'd be killing trash, and uh, one of them would drop a pet, and then we would switch over before we get a chance to roll, and then disappear. That happened to you. (laughs) (laughs) so all kinds of issues with that yeah i can remember looking for a particular add-on that would actually try to identify 
the realm you were on. And none of them could. They would guess, they would, best yeah. guess. Best you know. guess based on how many people in your group is right. on a particular realm. But Blizzard would never officially release the, this is how we get figure out what realm you're on. Right. You know, or what realm to put you on type thing. Uh, and they would always like try to shift. Like if you got somewhere and the and the mob wasn't there, they would try to shift to make up with the group to try to get them to, you know. Yeah, they start booting people randomly. Yeah. <laughs> and like we'll invite you back as soon as we're on this particular realm. Yeah. And it's like okay, you know. <laughs> so yeah, that always causes weird issues in in, in the game. So it, it's something that's cool. I I love the fact that they're what they're trying to do, but you know it's just weird, you know, with it. But. Eh. Now, you talked earlier in the show about the Brawlers Guild, Frack, and you said you were late to the game. Very late to the game, because when I got to the first boss that gave me trouble, and you really needed to strategize your fight, I really didn't have time to go and figure out how to beat that boss. I mean, I was on a time crunch. Yeah, sure. I was like, yeah. I just got to get whatever done tonight, whatever I get done. However, seeing all that was available, the different... Uh, bosses that came out in the arena and the different cards that you go around and collect to some of the different rare bosses. This seems really cool and I kind of regretted not starting it earlier. I got all the way up to level 10, got my mount, got Grass. my title at level 8 or 9, whatever right. it was. Didn't finish the cards. I just had, during that final couple of days, I just there was, I had a lot of other stuff IRL going on right. and I'm like, I, I just can't do it. Something I had to give and it was World of Warcraft. Here's what I like about the Brawler's Guild. The Brawler's Guild is proof positive that Blizzard listens to their fans. People wanted something like this. They didn't know how they were going to implement right. it. You know, people had asked for a, a like a thing, I just want to fight a random boss. You know, and they're thinking like bosses like Illidan and you know the, the past raid bosses. Let me fight them. Let me run into this place that's just like like a holodeck type experience, and let me go fight this boss so I can practice these different... I like the implementation of it a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. The the spectator mode on it is fantastic. I don't know if you ever went into the Brawler's Guild and went up on the ship. No, I didn't get that far. You, there's no getting far. It's just in there. You walk in, there's a little teleporter. You take the teleporter, you go oh, up to no, the I ship. Oh, no, I didn't take the teleporter. Yeah, it's a little ship that gets above, and you can watch people fight down below. Ah. And there's some drinks you can buy up there. And then you teleport yourself back down. That's all it is. It's a, it's, it's a neat little that's horde side, by the way. Horde side. Um, now I was using the little um, eyepiece thing right next to it. Right. And that's a spectator mode. And that's so cool. And, and and I liked that aspect. You can go in and watch people fight. It was really cool. It was entertaining to watch. I, I've actually hung out in the Brawler's Guild and just watched people fight. And like I said, when I went through my leveling of the Brawler's Guild, I had a coach in there on vent giving me the strats, warning me, telling me what's going on. Hey, this guy's about to do... I had a man in my corner in the Brawler's Guild. That's what it boils down to. And it worked out fantastically. On the flip side, Freck, while that was all there and it was all fine and good, it lacked just a little something. If you remember... It was all the rage to go kill these rares in hopes that they dropped an invitation to the, the blood soaked invitation. Right. Right. Selling for over a thousand gold on the auction house. Right. Selling for ten thousand gold on the black market auction house. <laughs> Everybody wanted one. Everybody wanted one. And then people got them and then those things became absolutely worthless 
Because then nobody wanted another invitation. You couldn't give them away. Well, I'll tell you why. There, there was an invitation that unlocked it for your one tune. And then there was another invitation that unlocked it for all your tunes. Right. Which is what I used to get in. Because I had gotten off a rare mob like back in the day and it just stopped in my bank. I used that. And then when I got to a particular rank, is like you get the Brawler's Pass. It's like, ooh, Brawler's Pass. And it was like, unlock the Brawler's Guild for all your tunes. They were already unlocked because I'd already <laughs> used that rare item. Right. So it's a little redundant. And my guild bank or our guild bank is stuffed with those. <laughs> so one of the things you get when you complete the Brawler's Guild, another pass. Right. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> why don't, no, stop. They needed more rewards, in my opinion. Yes, it was fun, but they needed more just visual. Give me team. I mean, Blizzard has to understand that it's not just about the best stat weapon anymore. That's there. You know, the stats are vitally important. I agree. But, and this is, you know, a little earth shattering coming from me, but T-Mog is almost as important as the stats you have on the weapon. This is true. It's becoming more and more and more prevalent in the game and Mm -hmm. more and more and more important. You know, yeah, you can look at me. I I had the Brawler's title. Yay. You know, but maybe people don't have nameplates enabled. I want someone to be able to look at me just on glance and go, he's a brawler because he's got that particular cloak or that. That's what I liked about tabards. Right. You could throw a tabard on, you could rep somebody. I like that. You know, you could throw a tabard on, you got the one from Lore Master, you got that exclamation, I know you're a Lore Master. Because if you have your tabard on, you know. It covers up my pretty desk. For some reason, I'm okay with that right now. But it's one of those things that give me the T-Mog from what I'm doing to show people that this is what I do. Let me go run the raids and get the, 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 the gear out of there and let me transmog it to show people what I'm into. That's all. It just, the hype was there for Brawler's Guild and then it died. And then it became something that, oh, by the way, uh, this is all changing in the next patch. If you want to get it done, you better get it done. And then everyone's like, oh, I better get that done. You know, so it just it didn't live up. It was good. It was cool. It was fun, but the rewards weren't worth it, in my opinion. Something you know a lot about, Freck, because you did it like in a three days. The farm. You had your cats and your goats and your fish and your pigs chickens and the chickens and the, and the, the dog. dog and the cat and you had everything in like three I days. As besties, everyone, they're my bay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They they were. So what do you think? Did Blizzard get it right? I was disappointed when I figured out how quickly it's going to be obsolete. Yeah. I really wanted something that was going to be closer to the capital city. Something where the the types of things that you were growing would be updated. My fear on that is I, I, I love what they did. I love the phasing of it. I love the, the fact that you go back and farm. Did people make allegations that it was Farmville? Sure. But was it? No. No. It was a farm. You go, you grow stuff on the farm, you got to tend to the crops, you come back the next day, you you get your crops. You could plant regular crops, you could, you know, for a while there, everything was about the juicy carrots, you know, because they were selling really good on the auction house. Then you could plant stuff and you could get, uh, you know, song bells, you could get, you know, you could get ore, you could get cloth, you could get leather, you could get stuff you use in trade goods. I was super duper excited when they started talking about 
we're going to make this more of a home for you. And everybody started speculating about player housing. And then they made us a hearth. <laughs> you know, a book. <laughs> they, they threw a book on the floor. Right. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. I, got a, I got a book. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was likewise saddened that I realized that it was not going to scale up. I wanted new seeds. I wanted exotic seeds. I wanted to have rare seeds that drop from somewhere. Mm. You know, it's just all this stuff that they could have done, done and, didn't. and they didn't do. And plus, fighting those same stupid crop things every time get really obnoxious. The buzzard. Yeah. Can't I just plant something and it's just fine? No. Why every time something got to be wrong with it? Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. But those buzzards. I didn't like the big uh, vine arm that grabbed you and bonked you if you didn't. You had to like bite, 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 and then do the number two. One, 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 two. Yeah, one, 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 and then oh, two. Right. Because it was, it was like, okay, I just it's annoying. I got to do this or it's going right. to go get it over with. Right. It was cool like the first two or three times. And after that. I also like the stretchy weed. Stretchy weed made me mad. <laughs> I like the stretchy weed. I don't like stretchy weed. Only thing, the weirdest thing about stretchy weed is like you'd fall down on your butt and you'd be like sliding, but you could turn your slide and slide the other direction. <laughs> like, how do I have that much momentum? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was just weird. I think it failed to live up to player expectations. They wanted more. People wanted more. And Blizzard kind of went, eh. Well, now they're getting garrisoned, so. And the same thing's going to happen. Probably. But we'll see. We'll, we'll withhold judgment because <laughs> you don't want to base anything off just the beta, right? Right. So we're right, going right, to wait. Right, right, right. Yep. Or the alpha. All right, let's wrap this one up with a large encompassing uh, category. Technology. So the technology they introduced really made the game feel larger. It made it feel more populated with realm merges. Uh, the economy kind of took a big boom for that because now you know your realm was settling more people on it because they, they merged some realms there are some issues there's always issues with new technology and blizzard does their best to address those issues some of those issues we've talked about caused you know lag issues or players falling off or not being able to do stuff together because you're phased and that's going to be there a lot of other issues players took advantage of, particularly on the farm and the PvP server where you'd run over and, you know, you would dot somebody and then run back into your farm. And they couldn't ch- chase you into your farm because it's instanced. Or setting the bling chon right yeah, on their right farm on, so it looked right like you on, could get to it yeah, and get it. It's troll people. Yep. So there was a lot of that with the technology, but that's going to be there. And again, this is probably the third time I've harped on this. Best intention by Blizzard. Horrible, you know... Uh, not an implementation, but a horrible usage by the general population. You know, we we mess things up a lot of times. Now, we did ask this question to some friends. We got a nice response from Battle Panda over at Open Raid. And he said one of the things that was wrong was the time between patches. They rushed out the first patch, then nothing for over a year. And one of the promises they made in Mr. Pandaria was for more frequent patches. Oh, I know. I mean, the worst thing between Cataclysm and Mr. Pandaria was that year. 
I mean, uh, granted, they made it worse then because they announced this new incentive for paying for a year in advance. They suckered us all in on they that They did. One. <laughs> and right as soon as you sign up, they're like, oh, BT Dubs, no more content. They waited till I all the credit mad. cards. You know, <laughs> Do we batch process those credit cards? Yes, it's in the bank, right? Right. Okay, make the announcement. <laughs> so at least they didn't do that. But yeah, I mean, you start out the expansion and the, the patches were coming out. So fast, I almost thought like I wasn't going to get stuff done. Yeah, and then it did. And then, like like you said, it's been a year. I'm tired of this. Battle Panda also agreed with you. He said the right things. It had some interesting storylines and a variety in quest. He liked both of those. He did not like that there were only four dungeons that you could level with, and they they lowered the XP rewards for leveling via dungeons because he prefers to level via dungeons. And you're like that sometimes, too. You level your lower characters by going through dungeons. Right. If you wanted to do that, that was their big push on you need to experience the storyline. We wrote this great story. We want everybody to go through the story. Go through the story. And so they they lower those rewards there. And the other thing that he really, really liked, which we kind of we talked about as well, was the world bosses were accessible to just about everybody. You could get there. You could fight those bosses, except for Ordos if you didn't have the legendary. (laughs) But that in and of itself provided a lot of comic relief, watching people fall off the bridge. Because I don't know how many times you trolled people by saying you had to jump on the bridge. I'm not the one that did that. (laughs) Sure you did. (laughs) (laughs) To be on the very, very very far right side. There you go, right there. Uh, You weren't over right enough far. You got (laughs) all the way over next time, buddy. (laughs) So thank you, Battle Panda, for that. That was awesome information there. Folks, you can check out Battle Panda over on OpenRay.org, where you can achieve the impossible. So we asked on Twitter to summarize the expansion of Mist at Pandaria in one sentence. We got some great responses. Alternative Chat says, could have been so much better. Fred the Geek described it as a really good meal where I had to wait too long for the bill. Jay the Tired said great ideas, terrible implementation of dailies, better resolution of Garrosh in 2890s. Whoa. That is impressive. That's a lot of alts. It's like 27 <laughs> of them. Jager Tap said great ideas, bad implementation. And Sponge Blake summed it up with what's the hurry? Well, Root, how would you describe Mr. Pandaria in one sentence? A Sinatra ending to a theme park expansion. Oh. I did it my way. No? I'm just waiting to sing more. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That was it. <laughs> I don't get you to build up very often. <laughs> it's like, keep going. <laughs> no, no, no. That was it. <laughs> yeah, people got to do everything they want to do their own way, still ended up at the end of the game where they're supposed to be, hopefully ready for the next expansion. And when you first got into Mr. Pandaria, like I've described it as a theme park expansion so many times because people just scattered. So much to do. Own path to take you there. And everybody ends up hopefully killing Garage or not killing him, but downing him, stopping him. And then he escapes. Spoilers. (laughs) Mott brought in a lot of new things to the table for Blizzard. While overall, I think people expected more from Blizzard, it was still a decent expansion. All in all, it helped our characters grow and experience a very valuable lesson. If you're going to survive Azeroth, you better bring your A-game. You better be ready. You'd better listen to the insights 
of Demonic Rick. Well, Root, our list of what Blizzard did right and wrong for the Mr. Pendary would just not be complete without the expert input of our friend Demonic Rick. How you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing great, guys. How about yourself? Fantastic. Superb. You think Superb. you're better than me? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right, so Rick, what do you think uh, Blizzard got right or wrong or a little bit of both uh, with the Mist of Pandaria expansion? I think with the overall feel of the expansion, they've made it more accessible to the average player, um, especially with rating and all the extra things that they've included in Mists, like the pet battles. And there's lots of just day-to-day activities that people are able to do um, a lot more than there was, I feel, uh, back in Cataclysm. Back in Cataclysm, I think really the only thing that you could do on like a daily basis was daily quests and daily dungeons and stuff like that. And I didn't really find that too interesting compared to pet battles and flex rating now, which is normal and heroic and all that extra stuff that that they've included. Right, so just the stuff that you can do in daily play. What about you know running around and uh, hitting uh, like rare mobs and stuff like on Timeless Isle? Yeah, like that stuff is is a lot of fun too that they've just added in. Like I think they they've kind of really realized what things have been successful and which things have not in the past expansions, and and they kind of tried some new stuff this expansion that flopped, but uh, I think they're kind of going to be fixing that in in warlords now from a playability standpoint in particular uh with you with your uh sightedness were were they able to make any improvements or enhancements that enabled your gameplay and to make that any easier i think um actually within raiding um they added more sound cues to the bosses and that made it a bit easier for me to tell what the boss is going to be doing. Um, right. I, since the patch updated, um, I use an add-on called Voice Enhancement Mods, and that one hasn't been updated quite yet, um, but Deadly Boss Mods has been. I just haven't had the need to actually install Deadly Boss Mods because I, I remember all the sound cues from all the bosses. Right. Now, so. when you first told us about VEM a while back, yeah. Um, yeah. I switched over immediately, and I have not gone back to Deadly Boss, but it's built off of that, so they require DBM to update before they can do anything with their add-on. So that okay. makes sense as to why they haven't done theirs yet, because they, they are literally, all they do is take DBM data and then port it over for their usage. So they'll be coming yeah. along a little, a little sooner, or a little later, rather, but um, yeah, that is an add-on that I, I, I now I have to have. Because it tells you exactly what to do, mm-hmm. and, but uh, not in a like intrusive way, like no. "Hey, hey, dummy, move!" <laughs> exactly. It's not like my raid leader yelling at me. It's a nice British voice yelling at me. Exactly. All right. So, so what do you what do you think that they got wrong in this expansion? Um, they kind of went a little too rep heavy. I felt. Uh, putting too many things behind closed doors that you have to achieve after pretty much a month of rep grinding. 
and that's always been like the least interesting way to actually get gear i feel is through daily quests that you have to repeat every single day to be able to get this gear i think it's it's been something that's that's been complained so much that that's why they actually added in the, the timeless aisle where there aren't any specific really daily quests that you Just have to one. get done yeah yeah just that 200 like valor one um yeah, yeah the, the, the they kill the kill the five the 20 or 20 whatever it is the five rares is a weekly is a weekly right yeah yeah the five rares is a weekly and then there's the the 50 epoch coins or whatever and, and i'm glad like, there's only the, one rep to grind there yeah instead of like I felt like the molten front was a little ridiculous. How there were three stages of of rep that you had to grind right. with that. You had to unlock the rep to unlock the rep to unlock the rep. Yeah, <laughs> but it was interesting how you got to see the progression at least with the molten front, and I kind of see the molten front back in Cataclysm and Firelands patch, um, kind of comparable to the farm how. The farm has evolved. True. Yeah, it kind of yeah. grew and expanded as you got your reputation up with people and mm-hmm. did your little party favors for everybody. And they're kind of transferring that to the garrisons and warlords, how your garrison will kind of slowly upgrade as well. So I personally really hated the whole, hey, you don't have to do all these quests. Well, Everyone felt compelled to have to do all the quests because there was gear behind every single one of the reputations. So there's a lot of burnout for a lot of people at the start of the expansion. And that's not how you want to start. No. I think one of the things that that Blizzard might have misstepped or misspoke is when they said you don't have to do these things. Because really, when you get down to it, you don't. You don't have to do it. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to even log in, you know? <laughs> I don't have to pay this subscription exactly. every month. Thanks, Blizzard. <laughs> but if you want to play and remain competitive and do the things that your friends are doing, then you should go ahead and do these dailies. You know? Yeah. So it was like forceful, sort of, in a way. <laughs> no, I agree. Totally agree. Um, another thing that I really like is is how they kind of made the glyph and talent system a little bit more, I would say, efficient and easier to understand and kind of having each person have a little bit more choice. Even though there were like certain talents sometimes that each spec you just had to pick, but there's still some choice. And they tried to make it even more even throughout the expansion. I think some some talents and some classes were a little bit overpowered, and so they kind of buffed the other talents just to make them a little bit more even. I feel like they are a little bit more even now. So, I still think one of my, and probably will always be there, a criticism I have about the game is you have your talent system and you've got your mm-hmm. glyphs and you've got all this, and yeah, it's free choice. You can do what you want to do. But mm-hmm. hardly anybody does what they want to do. Everybody that I know anyhow goes to one particular website and gets the, you know, recommended build of what spec they should, you know, they're choosing. So what talents and what glyphs they should have for the optimal performance of the character. Mm-hmm. So 
when you have that, it is an illusion of a choice that I think Blizzard presents. Sure, you can play however you want to play, but if you again, if you want to be effective and play with your friends, then you are going to do a particular build. I think um, with some of the talents, though, there are that there's that choice. Like, oh, with this fight, you have to move around more, so I'm going to take a little bit more uh, maneuverability sort of talents. And with this fight, it's a little bit more just stand there and spank the boss and tank and spank and stuff, you know? Oh, absolutely. And that's and that's kind of cool because you can use the tomes and, and reset your glyphs and reset your talents before each fight. And I know people who do that before every fight. They know the oh, yeah. right build for that fight. And then there are some people that, that can't even remember what, what fight is the next fight. So, <laughs> but, uh, is this the one with the dragons? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that sounds familiar. So, I I, th- I think the talent system could still be improved even more. Um, with like a clear cut, like, well, this this is not what exactly you need, but you could choose this one, this one, or this one pretty evenly, um, and still just have a different playstyle versus. Uh, like this one being great for single target, this one great for sing- for AOE, because there's still talents like that. So, I don't right. know. If you had to uh, summarize World of Warcraft: Mist of Pandaria in one sentence, what would that sentence be? A lot of content that you are sometimes forced to do, but all of which very easily accessible. All right, sounds good. Because I, I have to admit, I only just recently got into the pet battles in Pandaria. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I just didn't, like, find it too, too interesting. But now I'm, like, I have, I think, 20 level, uh, ma- max level pets. So That's 20 more than I've got. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be taking on the Beasts of Fable and all that next. Those are fun. I've heard that, and and I have been enjoying it. It's kind of like the Pokemon games back when I was a kid. Yeah, I liked um, yeah, I liked the Beast of Fable. I liked the the other um, the spirits. I hated the Celestial Tournament. So you have to tell me what you think about it. Hmm. I've already tried going up against a, a couple spirits and gone the beat down. So <laughs> you get there. I'm sure I'll figure it out. I, I really think that that. Warlords, they're just going to be building on that, increasing the accessibility uh, and the amount of content that people are able to do, um, especially with the uh, garrison. There's still going to be pet battles, I'm sure, and even more pet battle stuff to do. Um, there's going to be still dailies, I'm sure, or things that are like dailies. So people are going to have a lot of things to do. I I just wish that they don't have as long gaps as they did with the Siege of Ogremar raid. Yeah, we'll have to see on that. They promise uh, quicker content delivery, but um, they promise that last, you know, time too, so. Granted, like, I I felt like it was fairly quick with the content for the first two patches. I thought that was pretty good um, with the flow. But... It kind of turned into like the ice, the ice crown citadel raid, where that raid was out for a whole year as well, 
and I think it was over a year even. And that's what really fed a lot of people up. Um, just having nothing to do or just going through Siege of Ogremar over and over and over again. Kind of on repeat. But there were a lot of bosses in there, at least. Very true. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Rick, and uh, giving us your insight on what Blizzard did right and wrong with uh, Mr. Pandaria. And we will see what they will be doing right and wrong in Warlords as well, won't we? Yes, we will. Hey, let me know. What is going on with you up in, up in the Great White North? What have you been up to in, uh, in the real world? Um, I've actually recently done an article for um, The Guardian while well, I was interviewed um, for The Guardian newspaper. A, a British newspaper, pretty well known. Yeah, and the articles about uh, video games for the blind and um, uh, games that are accessible for the blind. Um, so, sound video games or sound games. Um, so, pretty much just playing a game through sound and no visuals, essentially. Uh, it was a rather interesting article and. It went over a lot of different sort of views that I have on video games and video games for the blind. Um, one point that I kind of made within the article that is that in a lot of audio games currently that are out there, um, you're kind of playing somebody who is blind and kind of uh, getting to experience what it is like to only have the ability to hear. And in most cases, you're actually kind of playing a victim and having to run away or defend yourself in some way. And so you're not really considered a hero or anything like that. But you'll be able to read more of my views uh, that I've kind of expressed in the article and, and um, a few other people's views on video games for people with disabilities uh, within the article. Uh, I can give you guys a link that you can put in the description. Perfect. Yeah, we'll definitely like to have that on the show notes. Perfect. Yeah. So if you guys are interested, you can read up on, on that. Awesome. Well, thanks for stopping by and sharing again your insights with us on that and everything else. Great having you. And you can follow me at Demonic Rick on Twitter. Bye bye. Get ready to play Hearthcast AOE, the game where you don't have to be exactly right to win. Here are the rules. Caller, you go first. Players get two points for being closer to the right answer and four points for being exactly right. If both players' answers are the same, the players split the points. In the event of a tie, we go to the time card. The player with the fastest time wins. Well, Freckleface, got some good news for you. What's that? We've got... Drassum on the line here to play a round of Hearthcast AOE with us. Awesome. Drassum, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How about you? We are doing, well, I'm doing great. I guess Freckleface is doing good. It's been a while. I had to bust out my Google Docs. I know. You had to write the questions I and know. everything. I was so confused. I was like, what's going on? So, um, big question for you to start off this show is uh, who are you going to uh, go up against, either Freckleface or myself? I'm going to play against you, Root. Wow, okay. All right, then. Well, I will see myself on out. Freck, you have the score sheet, the pin. You got the timer? I do. You got it all. You guys, um, well, enjoy. I will see myself on out of here. 
All right, Jarasim, all these questions are coming from the upcoming Hallows End and the Pilgrim's Bounty. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay, start the timer. How many tricky treats does the little wicker man cost? 150. How many tricky treats does the cursed Berman pet cost? Also 150. How many charges did the exquisite costume set have before they hotfixed it? Oh, geez. Uh, three. Question four. What percentage of health and mana does the bountiful feast restore? Five percent. In question five, how many different type of food items go into the bountiful basket at Pilgrim's Bounty? Five. And time. All right. Alrighty. I'm back. How'd you do? Uh, pretty good. There were a couple I'm not sure on, so hopefully I was close enough. Oh, okay. I'm a little. I'm a little scared. <laughs> oh, don't <laughs> laugh like that. That was so <laughs> ominous. I can't help it. <laughs> uh, okay. It's Hallow's End anyway. Oh, oh relevance yes. is here, isn't it? Yeah. <sighs> Ugh. All right, Root, you ready? As ready as I'm going to be. Okay, like Drasm said, these are all about Hollow's End or Pilgrim's Bounty. Okay. Starting the timer. How many tricky treats does the little wicker man cost? I've got him, so it can't be many. I'm going to say 50. Question two. How much does the cursed Berman pet cost? Ooh, I don't even know what that thing is. Uh, I'll say 50 gold. How many tricky treats does it cost? Oh, 100. Number three, how many charges did the exquisite costume set have before the hot fix? 20. Question four, what percentage of health and mana does the bountiful feast restore? This is a pilgrim's bounty. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know, 100%. Question five, how many different types of food items go into the bountiful basket at Pilgrim's Bounty? Seven. And time. It's probably five, though. (laughs) Blizzard likes their fives. We will see. Okay. Are you guys ready for the answers? We are. Yep. All right. Question one, how many tricky treats does the little wicker man cost? Root said not many because he already has it. And 50. And Drasm said 150. The correct answer is 150 tricky treats. Woohoo, good job. Question two. How much does the cursed Berman cost? Now, Root, this is a new pet for 2014. (laughs) Thanks for just making that aware, or me aware. Well, we're right in the middle of it. You should know these things. Letting me know that I have nowhere close to the right answer. (laughs) You said 100 treats for this one, and Drasim also said 150. And the correct answer is 150 as well. Good job. I spent some time with the vendor. Yeah. (laughs) Question three. How many charges did the exquisite costume set have before the hotfix? Root said 20. Drasim said three. The correct answer was one. Yes, they did. One charge? They put a toy from the vendor that costed a thousand tricky treats and had one charge. 
Oh, geez, I thought they hotfixed it to one charge. <laughs> oh, no. They hotfixed, I think it's 50 now, and oh, it only costs 500 treats. It costs, yeah. I'm going to have to get that now. Oh, yeah. All right, so Drasimir closer, so that's two points. Question four, what percentage of health and mana does the Bountiful Feast restore? Root said 100. Drasim said 5. And the correct answer is 4. Drasim was closer there. I haven't gotten a single one right. <laughs> Just so you know. Oh, we know. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and last question, how many different types of food items go into the Bountiful Basket at Pilgrim's Bounty? Root, you said 7. Drasim said five. The correct answer is five. So <laughs> See, money right. <laughs> I completely guessed. But afterwards, I said it's going to be five. It's going to be five. But you didn't change your <laughs> okay, answer. I did. I did not. I kept it at seven. Well, uh, Drassel, um Congratulations. You won Hearthcast AOE. It wasn't even close. No, that was not, <laughs> that was not close at all. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Where can we find you on the internet? So what are you doing in game? Uh, well, I'm not really anywhere on the internet, but I play on uh, Murd and Horde. I play an orc warrior nice. named Grassum. <laughs> nice, nice. Are you excited about the uh, upcoming expansion? Uh, yeah, I'm really big into orc lore, so having an alternate orc history should be pretty awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Well, hey, man, thank you for uh, stopping by and totally schooling me on Hallow's End and Bountiful Beasts or whatever that thing is. Yes, thank you, Drasim. <laughs> no, just, just, let, yeah, just let Freckleface just egg that in for a uh-huh. while. <laughs> <laughs> and, hey, we'll have you back on as soon as uh, Warlords launches. We'll get your feeling on what's going on with Orc Lord then. How's that sound? Sounds awesome. Hopefully I'll have some time to play so I can have something to talk about. <laughs> That's always the case. That is always the case. I understand. All right, well, man, well, thanks again for uh, stopping by and schooling me. Well, that about does it for our mop retrospect. Don't forget that Hallow's End is going on right now. There are several new pets to be had, a couple of toys if you haven't collected it yet. If you find yourself in the Orlando area, then come hang out with us at the Orlando WoW Meetup. You can find those details at meetup.com. November is a little up in the air now because um, our normal second Friday is expansion weekend. Yeah, so we're not doing it then. Because everyone will show up smelly and tired. And <laughs> we, we tried that before last, <laughs> last expansion and it wasn't the best time to do it. No, it really wasn't. So... A little up in the air, so if you want to keep up with us and where we'll be meeting at, then head over to meetup.com. And we are always looking for our next contestant for HearthCast AoE. It's the only a trivia game where you don't have to be right to win. Anyone can play. If you have 20 minutes of free time between 6 and 9 p.m. Eastern on a Monday, if you do win against one of us, you will receive a code for a free year of Cursed Premium. Like Drassim did today, he contacted us. He said, I want to play HearthCast AoE. We scheduled him. We got him on the show. He beat Root, and now we're going to send him his Curse Premium Code. He beat me down. <laughs> down. No, no competition. No, I didn't get a single thing right. He knew his tricky treats. Yes. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Special shout-outs tonight going out to Safety One. He actually suggested the topic that we covered tonight, so we thank him for that. Again, Drayson for coming on and destroying me in AoE. Many thanks for that. 
Also to all of our Twitter followers, in particular, Alternative Chat, Fred the Geek, Jay the Tired, Jekker Tap, and Sponge Blake for contributing to this episode. And as we close the first episode of 6.0, we want to thank all of you for listening. You can be part of next week's show by sending us your questions, comments, or any other feedback. Send an email to podcast at hearthcast.com. You can tweet me at hearthcastfreck or root at hearthcastroot. You can like our Facebook page or even send us a voice message on hearthcast.com using SpeakPipe. No registration or installation required. A big thank you to our friends over to OpenRead for everything they do. You can find HearthCast on iTunes, Stitcher, or just drop our RSS feed into your favorite podcasting app. Until next time, this has been Root and Freckleface for HearthCast.com. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.